the quiet morning. Mr. Dunwoody made his forecast. Land's end, Margie shouted. I'll get my gun. I didn't bother to try to talk my aunt out of it. The townsfolk would be safe enough. Most knew better than to trespass in Margie's yard. And if they blatantly ignored all the posted no trespassing signs, they'd get what they deserved just like those Birmingham lawyers who'd been sniffing around Margie's place the past few weeks. I didn't think those stuffed-shirt businessmen would be back any time soon. Shotgun blasts had that effect on city folk. Taking a deep breath, I yanked open the wooden gate at the back of Margie's property. Rusted hinges groaned in agony, and the brambles at my feet didn't want to give the gate an inch of swing stubbornly digging their thorns into anything they could grab onto, including my shins, which made me regret my choice of shorts over jeans that morning. I yanked for all I was worth. The gate swung only a foot, but it was all I needed. I wiggled through the narrow space, safe on the sidewalk on the other side. I assessed the damage from the brambles, minimal, and wished I had a cell phone to call for backup. Unfortunately, I didn't have a cell phone. No one in town did because there was no coverage, thanks to the surrounding mountains and the town's refusal to build an ugly cell phone tower that would ruin the picturesque landscape. Except for a noisy few, we'd all embraced the quirk as a charming throwback to a simpler time. But right now, a cell would have been handy. I headed for the town center, not having time to admire the sun-dappled view of the Appalachian foothills in the distance. I had lived in Hitching Post, Alabama, the wedding capital of the South, nearly my whole life, with only one brief, somewhat disastrous foray beyond its borders. I loved this town, but right now I wished it were smaller, much smaller, like a one-stoplight kind of place, because it seemed as if I'd been hot-footing it down side roads and back alleys for an hour now, even though it had only been ten minutes. The heart of Hitching Post was made up of a large circle, nicknamed The Ring, very appropriate, considering it was a wedding town. In its charming middle was a grassy picnic park with twisting trails, big shade trees, flowers, and a gazebo smack dab in its center. A wide cobblestone sidewalk, no roadways inside the ring, connected the park to dozens of shops, offices, and restaurants. Splintering outward from the ring were parking areas, quaint neighborhoods, the scenic river walk, and the bread and butter of hitching post, the chapels, inns, and reception venues catering to the marriage crowd. People came from all over for quickie country weddings, more intimate and personal and less tacky than Vegas. Hitching Post looked postcard perfect, too, and was consistently named one of America's most beautiful small towns, which had a lot to do with the mountain backdrop, the river views, and all the effort the beautification committee expended to create the perfect, idyllic southern atmosphere occasionally tossing looks over my shoulder as I stealthily entered the ring. I zipped down the sidewalk toward Deja Brew, the local coffee shop. 
Ordinarily, I'd go in and visit with the shop owner, Jessamine Yadkin, pick up a muffin, linger over some coffee. This morning, however, Jess awaited it in the doorway of the shop with a to-go bag dangling from an outstretched arm. I grabbed it, kind of like a marathoner would snatch a cup of water, and kept on going. Thanks, Jessa. Run faster, Carly, she yelled in her raspy, used-to-smoke-two-packs-a-day voice. They're gaining on you. Run faster. Easy for her to say. At this rate, I was going to need a defibrillator by the time I reached the safety of my store, the little shop of potions. The crowd was gaining on me. I needed to pick up my pace. Unfortunately, my shop was on the opposite side of the ring from Deja Brew, a good half mile at least if I followed the walkway, less if I cut diagonally.